All right, welcome, welcome into the 104th episode of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. We have a good one for you today. We have my torture, my worst nightmare uh, happened last night, and I've had 24 hours to process it. And let's just say it's not going well. It's not going well. So you'll hear my little rant in here about Aaron Rodgers and his Achilles. After that, we're going to do a recap of week one, all of the guys that played well, all the guys that didn't. All right. After that, we're going to do a recap of moving forward week two in the NFL season is up upon us. Believe me, these weeks are going to fly by. So stay tuned. Listen, wanted to give a quick shout out. We gave away a Garrett Wilson signed jersey last night on Twitter. We've been promoting it on the show. Kevin Jones, one of our dedicated listeners and followers on Twitter, has won the jersey. Again, wanted to shout out Kevin for winning the jersey. Garrett Wilson signed jersey. We were going to do it one more time during the season, probably towards the end of the year near the playoffs. Uh, again, we wanted to just give a little bit back. All he had to do was subscribe to us on Twitter and retweet the post over there, and we gave him a signed Garrett Wilson jersey. Again, thanks everyone for making it in the episode. We're going to have a good one here for you. Let's go. Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your dynasty league for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts. Here we go, episode number 104 of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Whoever you may be, however you may be listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, welcome, welcome in. Max is holding it down in Cleveland. For anyone at home wondering, uh, all the sickos out there that tuned in to hear me talk about the Jets and about Aaron Rodgers, I will pass it to Max first uh, so I can collect my thoughts and not scream so loud that I raise the dead. I want to start off by saying I'm sorry and like a genuine sorry. There's sometimes I say sorry to Pete and I'm like, I don't really mean it. Um, But this time I actually do. I can't really imagine what you're going through. I think that this team has potential had potential to like, I mean, their defense looked really good last night and it's just unlucky. I mean, it stinks for football. It stinks for the jets. It stinks for fans. It stinks for fantasy. It's just, it's just sad, man. I mean, this guy, he's put in so many years to the game and doesn't even get to complete a pass in a Jets uniform. So I'm sad for you, Pete. I'm sorry. I don't know if he'll be back. I don't think he will be back. When I watch the replay, yeah, you can tell it's an Achilles right away. I mean. Yeah, that got confirmed today. Uh, this will be my my Jet rant. I, I've okay. gotten all the, the anger, the Jet anger rants out of the way already. So this will just be a very real uh, lens of what it's like to be a Jets fan. Um, it's pain and suffering, but you find solace in that pain. It's uh, like a little bit of Stockholm syndrome where it's like Belle from Beauty and the Beast, where you're captured and you're living in these horrible conditions, but at the end of the day, you grow to love them. And I would be like, okay, you know, they're going to win four games this year, five games this year, but at least I can enjoy fantasy or at least I can do this or that. And my entire existence ever since, uh, I believe it was 2009 or 2010 or 11, I can't remember when I was I was little, uh, watching them lose to the Steelers in the AFC Championship game was, 
okay, we're just going to suck now and it's fine. Um, and I found a lot of solace in, in them sucking and there have been some very big lows. There's some, there have been some awful, awful lows since then, like the butt fumble, the, the like two win season, Adam Gase, just, I, I, there have been such low lows and nothing has ever reached this because the second I broke free, you have all this hope, all these expectations and you get out in the real world and it, it sucks. I am at a loss for words. The way that I am feeling, it feels like a part of me died yesterday and a part of my hope. My father was a huge Jets fan growing up uh, in in his later years. And he says, I, I'm just done getting excited about the Jets. He said this, you know, five, six years ago. And I feel like I'm starting to take that step. I'm starting to see myself co- become like him in where I don't think I'll ever be able to get up to that hype level again. And it's just, this is a, this is something that has just ripped at my football soul. And it's something I will never be able to regrow. Do you think that it would have been easier the situation if they were not on hard knocks? No. Well, maybe for the rest of America. I know a lot of America was very excited about the season and the Jets are a lovable franchise. They really are. Uh, you know, if you're not in the AFC East, you know, they're the lovable loser. They've sucked forever and now they're going to be good. It's a national story, but I, I just can't get over how high I was to how immediately low I got directly after that. And again, I, I feel like it's like losing like a big, like a grown up tooth or, you know, getting a finger chopped off. It's just never going to grow back. And I will always have this like little hole in my, my uh, football soul over what happened with the 2023 New York jets. You know, I could eat crow and Zach Wilson goes out there and looks like, uh, looks like Rogers next week against Dallas. I don't know, but I'm not holding out hope for that. And it's just to have the, the roster that they have, it's it's windows, man. And Lord knows how long they're gonna be able to keep those guys together and figure out the quarterback position because it doesn't get much better than a future first ballot Hall of Famer who's in the GOAT conversation. You want Brady? Sure. But he it'll never happen. It's just unrealistic. I, I just what do, you do you want Zach Wilson? Do you want Matt Ryan? Do you want Philip Rivers? Tom it's Brady? Zach Wilson. It's Zach Wilson. The, the realistic answer is Zach Wilson because I'd rather it be horrible, horrible, horrible Zach Wilson than Matt Ryan gets them to, you know, 10 and seven and they lose in the first round of the playoffs. It's like there's no point in going and being in the playoffs if you aren't building for something in the future, which you would not be building with with Matt Ryan or B are going to win it all. So that those are your two options. So my whole thing is we're building something now with Zach. We are, we're going from a perennial Super Bowl contender with that defense and the, the skill weapons. I truly believe that they, they were a Super Bowl contender before last night. Um, I, I, I'm just, and I, I mean this in the best way. Uh, this is going to sound really cheesy, but I'm going to put it out there. Before I went to bed last night, I said a very special prayer said a prayer for Aaron and I said a prayer for Zach, not for their performance, not for, uh, you know, that the Jets are going to do good, but the mental toll that must be going on both of them right now is probably so immense on Zach to fill, fill those shoes after he came to replace him. 
And then Aaron, all that hard work, all that dedication to get out of Green Bay, reinvigorate his career, all coming to such an abrupt end. I, I just have no idea how both those guys woke up this morning and, and were able to get out of bed. Okay. But I think we should move on. I think we should talk about some of the guys from this past week, week one that popped off that didn't do well, um, panic, whatever. Are you worried about some of these guys, you know? Let's move into our week one recap right now. I'm going to give you a couple names, Pete. I just want you to tell me if you're worried, if you think that they could sustain it. Um, just like your quick thoughts, okay? Quick thoughts. Quick thoughts. We'll get through a couple of guys here, and then um, we could talk about some of like the games for this next week and who we like and stuff like that. Okay, sounds good to me. All right, so my first one, I mean, I feel like it's it's wrong if I don't start with him. Puka. Puka Nakua. What are your thoughts, Pete? Uh, I think it's sustainable for this year, but I don't think he's a stud, if that makes sense. He's not he's gonna be like a short term fantasy asset. What would you realistically be trying to um to sell him for? I think you could maybe get a second off somebody who's really like eager. But it's really going to be thirds at this point. Like any any cool minded general manager in your league is going to offer no more than a third. You can get a really wide receiver desperate team right now to give us give up a second. Let's talk about like really quick his scaling. What's his scalability? Let's say next week he goes out for sixty five and a touchdown, sixty five yards and a touchdown. What's his scale then? I, I mean, I love him. I, I get that Nick C said he would sell him for two fourths if he could. You're in like the third strain, it seems like. I don't think I'd sell for a second, man. Maybe I'm cracked. I'd rather just not have the second if he doesn't pan out. The guy's six foot two, 205 pounds. Even if Cooper Cup comes back, it's not like they have T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and Jamar Chase. They have Van Jefferson. Two two. Two two Atwell. I mean Good game from two two, my boy. Sure. But they don't have these world beaters. This guy's got the size. He's obviously got Stafford's trust with 15 targets. I mean, that's an insane amount of targets for a rookie. So I really like him. He's probably my number one waiver ad for this week. I think that, I mean, I was in on him before the season. I know my brother owns him in four out of five leagues. I think there's some people that are, if you're in the community, you listen to this pod, you, we've talked about him. We did. We did talk about him, uh, I believe, maybe not last week's episode, it was the week before, I think. Um, but no, he, look, opportunity is a great place to be, just to be sitting on opportunity. And that's what he has right now, getting a ball from borderline Hall of Famer Matt Stafford. I think we'll he's borderline. I think he'll probably get in eventually, now, especially because he won that Super Bowl. But yeah. yeah, getting a ball from a Hall of Fame quarterback, Offensive line's terrible. It's just going to be quick screens. Like, 2 is going to be very valuable this upcoming season. I, I honestly believe that, even when Cooper Cup comes back. Yeah. No, I do, too. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do here. And if you're out there, I wouldn't. I mean, if you can get him for a couple thirds, do that. I don't think I'd sell for a second unless it's going to be early. Um, moving on here, uh, another guy that had a pretty big week, actually. And we're going to talk about two guys here, both in the running back category. Joshua Kelly, who saw... 16 carries, 91 yards, and a shootout, and a touchdown. And then I also want to talk about Tyler Algier, who also saw 15 carries for 75 yards. So start us off, Pete. Uh, I want to start with Algier. We've talked about him on the podcast for a couple of years now. I loved the product 
out of college at BYU. Uh, he was boys with Zach Wilson, funnily enough. But the way that I look at him this upcoming season is he's the high-end cuff. He is like the 1-1 of all the cuffs in the league. Uh, I even think he's more valuable than than Montgomery cuff-wise just because of the amount that they're going to run the ball. They are going to run the ball at an honest probably 70% clip. They might break the single season like team rushing yards record. I, I cannot imagine Kyle Pitts going up in value uh, or London, given everything that's going on. Arthur Smith, if he could have it his way, they'd probably run the ball 100% of the time and, and just kill the clock. And he's kind of taken a little bit from the Titans. He's taken like a little bit of that ground and pound win ugly method from the Titans. But at the end of the day, when the win just shows up on the column, the coach really doesn't care. It's one of those offenses. Drake wanted didn't catch a ball. Kyle Pitts got two balls for 44 yards. Um, Bijan caught six passes, but they were all little check downs there. They don't like to throw it. I don't think Desmond Ritter is a good quarterback. Um, we'll see how it progresses through the year. I do like Algier a lot. Like you said, he's probably one of those high-end handcuffs. Um, but I think we talk dynasty on this pod for a reason. There's a lot of people right now that are panicking. Drake wanted him to catch a ball in redraft and in whatever. I think he's a go great buy low right now, especially in Dynasty. The guy's uber talented, top 10 pick. And same with Kyle Pitts. I mean, Kyle Pitts again. He's 22 years old. Younger than I, Dalton Kincaid. I have Kyle Pitts in the, a couple of my Dynasty leagues. I'm loving it, man. I mean, if the guy puts up 100 yards this year, I don't really care. Like, I mean, I would, but he's he was a top five pick in the NFL draft. Even so, like my whole thing is like, let's say the four years go by on his contract. We're already, was this his third year? Yeah. So after this season, they're going to begin that fifth year option contract negotiation talk at the age of 22 for a tight end that that is that big. And let's say they tag him XYZ, he'll throw a, a fit. Someone will take a chance on him if Atlanta does not use him. And by the time he hits free agency, let's say let's say he goes to the fifth year option, and then a potential sixty year franchise tag. Let's just play like devil's advocate here, and he is in sure. Atlanta for six years. He is a twenty seven year old free agent at the tight end position, right in his prime. Correct. Kelsey's thirty three. Andrews is twenty eight. Kittle's thirty. I mean, Darren Waller's thirty. These guys they don't break out right away, so. Everyone thought he's going to be this phenomenal guy, and he had a great rookie season. But just with this Arthur Smith offense, it's just, I don't know if it can happen. To be honest, yeah, I think I think he's a super interesting guy. You're going to have to look at windows this year because he will have a game or two. Like there is, there's no way around his supreme athleticism where he will have a hundred yard game or like an 85 yard game with two touchdowns or something like that. It it will happen eventually. Like if they they play in the NFC South, like there will be games where he will have a good game and it's about buying before those games happen or buying a couple weeks after they happen. And he goes back to irrelevance. That's the only window that you're going to be able to buy now. Correct. You're not going to buy once he breaks out for multiple weeks in a row and gets on a new offense. Like it's now or never for him. Um, yeah. I want to talk about here, Peter on more of the opposite side of the spectrum, I guess um, you weren't that high on this player coming into it, but Zay Flowers, what are your thoughts there? He looks really good. Uh, look, I, I will always eat crow uh, when I'm wrong. And I, after one week, in a very large overreaction from me, will say that 
it was it was incorrect. He did look very good, very shifty. We're going to see if his body type can last, uh, given the amount of hits he's going to take. I think the time to buy him is going to be when Andrews comes back and has two or three games in a row that he gets his monster streak going. Uh, that's going to be the, the best time to buy him. Uh, and again, at the end of the day, this guy is a, you know, let's say, top 10 dynasty pick this year. Top yeah, 10 dynasty, dynasty pick, right? You're not going to be able to get him for pennies, especially if he has a game in the next three weeks that is that is big. Even when Andrews comes back, it, you're going to have to pay probably a first in a little change. But like at the end of the day, if you pay a little bit extra to go get your guy and you want to like stamp that as my guy, then do it. I'm not there yet. Max, to you, what makes him worth the investment in a dynasty fantasy football league? With Lamar Jackson throwing him the ball. I think people forget. Everyone thinks that Lamar cannot throw the football. I think Lamar is not the best thrower of the ball. But I think in this new offense, and we saw a little bit this week without Andrews in this Todd Monken scheme, they want to throw the ball more. Um, Zay Flowers is a rookie. That was his first NFL game. He had 10 targets, 9 catches, 78 yards. Did not score a touchdown. The Houston defense is not that bad. Like Derek Stingley's on that team. I know they drafted him in their corner. I mean, they have some players out there. That can definitely defend pretty well. Well, I don't know. I like Zay Flowers. It leads me to my next question, Pete, of I guess to answer your question, what makes him just the draft capital, the Todd Munkin offense, the lack thereof receivers, Rashad Bateman, Odell Beckham. And I just think he's very shift, very shifty, very fast, great route runner. I mean, he's got everything I look for just besides size. Um, my next question he, though, here, this is my this is my question. Is he closer to Jalen Waddle or is he closer to uh, to uh Kadarius Tony? On the spectrum, you're you're in. I'm in, 100%. Okay. He's in. Mr. Max is in. I'm in. My next question, Pete, before we move on, a lot of great performances from rookies this week. I mean, Gibbs looked good in his limited time. Bees John got some good work. Say Flowers looked good. Jordan Addison scored. Anthony Richardson looked good. Who's your Who's your rookie right now? The rookie right now is Addison. I think you have to target him in every league when he has his down weeks to try to go invest. The way that I look and view at Addison is he was an elite, elite high school prospect, goes on to college and plays at the Bolitnikoff level with Kenny Pickett, throwing him the ball, moves on to USC in a, you know, quote unquote fake year where he's just, cash and checks and NIL. Um, and then finally moves on to the pros is the number two in that high powered offense. And he's going to get number two corners the entire time that Justin Jefferson's there outside of a, a freak crazy incident. Jefferson isn't going anywhere. He's going to want to get paid and the Vikings are going to have to pay him or else they're going to look terrible in front of their fans. So Addison's going to be there for the foreseeable future. It's all going to depend on quarterback. And look, I can say it's Addison right now, but we have no idea who's going to be the quarterback there in uh, 12 months time, probably even like eight months time by the time they actually find out who the quarterback is in Minnesota, whether or not they extend Kirk, which I don't think they're gonna X, Y, Z. It's going to be interesting, but I love that he's going to get the number two corners and it's hard for teams to have one good corner. It's even harder for them to have two. Very, very true, Peter. Mine is a little different. I like Addison a lot. I like Zay Flowers a lot. Um, Gibbs looked like in that small time frame. Gibbs oh looked my really, god, he looked electric. 
He looks really good. I like Anthony Richardson, man. I didn't think they were going to throw as much as they did. And they threw a lot more than the, yeah, you're right, Max. 37 times. Michael Pittman kind of ate up. I'm not going to lie as well. Pittman looked pretty solid. Josh Downs looked pretty involved as well. Um, Anthony Richardson, 10 rushing attempts, only 40 yards. Like the guy's got the speed where he he can have 10 for 80 some games. He could have 10 for 80 and two touchdowns. He should have had another touchdown. He got leveled, I heard, at the end. Um, Quarterback four right now in the season. A lot of quarterbacks didn't play well, and I get it was first Jacksonville as well. Um, but I just like the passing volume and the rushing volume that he got, and he was pretty efficient with the ball as well. So I really like Anthony Richardson. I've been on Anthony Richardson. Peter thinks he's ass. I I don't know. I was happy to see it. It's going to be about the growing pains right now. That's yeah. the big thing. And you're going to have games where Richardson's going to go out there and throw three picks and yes. not get the rushing upside, and he's going to put up four points. I love him uh, more in super flex than I do in one quarterback. Uh, right. And I also I also am nervous about him in Dynasty because we've seen young quarterbacks play well in their first couple of games. Like I always think about Sam Darnold. Like, yes, he had the pick six his first game, but he did play well the first couple of games there. Um, it's just hard. It's so hard to be an elite, efficient player. That's why my heart breaks uh, with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but we'll, I'll circle back to uh, the Colts really quick because I can't get off on that that tangent right now. I'll go down it forever. Uh, but Richardson looked good. It's it's pumped the break season on Richardson for me. But first game looked good. That's where I'm at. First game looked good. I'm not investing. I'm not selling. That's where I'm at. Yeah, and, and I think that's a great, great point, Peter. There's a lot of guys here where – T. Higgins had zero catches. Drake London had zero catches. If you find an owner that is panicking on either of those guys or they really think that Tony Pollard's the real deal and he looked great versus the New York Giants, and but there's both ends of the spectrum. Do not panic after week one. Peter, I think you had a trend, right? Yeah, so the way the way that I've looked at fantasy football is like one game is – an occurrence, something happened. Two games is a coincidence. Yeah. Three games is a trend. If something happens for three straight weeks, it is not a fad. That's why I can't get off the Elijah Moore bandwagon because he was so elite for a four-game stretch. He had four straight games of being an incredible, incredible receiver in the NFL. That's why I was never able to get off his bandwagon. But I think when you look at some of these players and look at their stat lines and look beyond the fantasy points. Look at the stat lines. Look at the advanced stats. Like T. Higgins, a lot of those throws that Burrow threw to him weren't um, real targets. They count as targets, but they weren't real targets. They were thrown away. He was in the vicinity, things like that. It's just going to be about seeing the trend. It's three straight weeks of production at the production level that you want, and that's when players are good. So if Richardson comes out for three or four straight weeks and puts up a 18-point floor, then he's good. He's great if he does that, actually, Peter, three straight weeks. But, um, yeah, I, I agree with that logic. I like that logic a lot. Please do not overreact. You're tuning in, obviously now, but also week two, week if you're listening to this, whatever it is, by the, by the windows, DM us, whatever it is. We're here to help. Um, Peter's pretty good at and I wouldn't say trades. I mean, he doesn't really win the trades ever, but 
Peter's Peter's good at knowing when a player is breaking out and a little bit beforehand as well. So I give Peter credit. I give Nick C credit, Jace, myself. I mean, we're, we're tapped in, man. We are tapped in. All right, Max, let's move into our crystal ball picks. All right, Max, you and me, but you go first. Give me your boom of the week. So before we hop into this, Peter, I did want to just bring up from last week who we had, our booms and busts and everything like that. So, Peter, your boom was Bijan Robinson. He played extremely well. He had 24-point PPR fantasy points. Um, he scored a touchdown, got a lot of passes. It looked really great. Um, your bust of the week, a little off on this one, was Brock Purdy. And you said that he's not going to do well. The whole passing offense of San Francisco. Brandon Ayuk looked pretty I legit. I was wrong. Yeah. I was wrong. I thought Tomlin was going to spend, you know, six months prepping for a guy who was Mr. Irrelevant. But I guess that's impossible in today's NFL. So we do have a little special guest here. Um, and his boom was JF, JFC's here. JFC. It's not JFC. It's JFT forever. Uh, what is up, Monarchs? I don't know if we've covered this, but I now live with uh, uh, Monarch Max. So I'll be featured in some more episodes. I picked for my boom last week. I don't think I did a bust, but I know for my boom, I picked Travis Etienne. And yeah, good game. I loved what I saw out of the Jags offense. Um, I think Trevor looks great. Calvin really looks great. Travis Etienne looks great. Um and I really do think that's going to continue. They got a tough matchup this week against Kansas City. Um, but, I mean, other than that, they play Houston, Atlanta, Indy, New Orleans, Pitt, Tennessee. I mean, some pretty horrid defenses going forward. Um, Travis Etienne, I'd say buy him while you can. I think he's going to explode in the second season. Um, I believe half-point PPR, he had almost 19 points last week. Uh, full point, I think, was closer to 21. So, um, for all you ETN owners out there like myself, rejoice. For all you freaks. Owners rejoice. ETN did look good. Ridley looked really good. Um, it was versus the Colts, so can't get too far into ourselves there. Mr. But Max, who are your picks? Your boom and bust. They look good. My boom was Washington defense. They put up a whopping 13 points. They had three sacks, two fumbles, 10 points allowed. They look pretty good versus Arizona. That's, that's more than you can ask for any defense is 13 points. Yeah. It, I mean, it was really solid. Um, honestly, it was more definitely more than I could ask. I don't know. I didn't write down in the doc who my bus was. Uh, we can move to Nick C's. His bus was James Cook. He did okay. I think he has a pretty average game from James Cook. He got involved a lot. He had 18 attempts on it with the passing and rushing, so – I feel like that could go either way. And his boom was Jahan Dotson, um, who did not find the end zone, but he was involved, man. I mean, he had seven targets, five catches, 40 yards. So decent game there. Both those kind of middle of the pack games. I liked what I saw from Dotson, though. I really did. Yeah, I think Dotson's very interesting. He's a very interesting player moving forward. Uh, it's going to be all about if Howell or Brissett can get him the ball. And there's probably not much more that we could really say about that. It's going to be whether or not you believe in Howell, whether or not you believe in Brissett, whether or not you believe that they will get a new quarterback next year. Cause this would be the time to buy. If you think they'll get a, a big time quarterback. Yeah, no, I mean, if they get Caleb Williams, whatever it is, watch out. 
Um, so that was our boom bust last week. I did before we get into it, Peter. I I had a question actually from the audience. Um, it was texted to me. It was texted okay. to me, and I, and I quote: "Should I pick up Justice Hill if I'm a J.K. Dobbins owner?" Um, a million percent. Him and Gus Bus need to be rostered on every single dynasty big bench league. They probably already are, but redraft Justice Hill and Gus Bus both need to have homes. Okay. What would you, I mean, would you use your waiver spot on them? Like, do you, what are your expectations for these guys going forward? I would use a waiver spot non dynasty. Okay. Uh, but for dyn, well, it depends on how big Dobbins was a part of your team. In a dynasty lens, you're trying to go for it and dive in. I would probably do it and use the waiver. Uh, fab wise, I'd probably use fifteen dollars out of a hundred. But if I'm not really going for it, then I don't know. I I really wouldn't waste the waiver or waste the fab. All right, Mr. Max, let's get into the boom bus segment. I want to hear your boom first. Me, you're down on your luck with the Jets and everything. Start us off. Max, it is as low as it gets being a Jet fan. I I really, truly believe that this is as low as I've been. But I'm going to try to swing it back. My boom of the week is going to be a familiar face, Zeke Elliott. Ezekiel, I think he's going to score a touchdown this week. This is my theory behind it. Miami's run defense looked atrocious against the Chargers last week. And don't get me wrong, Mac Jones doesn't present as much of a downfield threat as Herbert did that allowed the run game to open up. But I still think Bill Belichick is going to be be the scheming genius. He's going to get uh, he's going to get Bill O'Brien and that offense humming after a close defeat to the Eagles. Zeke's going to get his first touchdown against these Miami Dolphins in New England for his first score as a Patriot. Like the way that I look at it, there's really not that many great matchups. I feel like a lot of the matchups are kind of hard this week. Bad teams going up against bad teams, mid teams going up against mid teams, great teams going up against great teams for this upcoming week. I think this is the best chance you're going to find. Zeke didn't score last week. Touchdown odds are going to go in his favor, running the ball against that Miami D. I, I like it, Pete. I think there's a lot of owners that probably had J.K. Dobbins. They might have had Austin Eckler, who looks questionable right now for this week, who I think will play. Um, Gibbs, they could be scared there. Whatever it is, um, I think Zeke's one of those guys you could plug in, and I think he can get 40 yards and a touchdown. So I think he's honestly a really solid pick. Antonio Gibson or Zeke this week? I think Zeke. Give me, yeah, give me Zeke. I mean, I think we're banking on a touchdown there, but I'll take the touchdown. All right, and then backup running backs, Justice Hill or Zeke? I'll take Zeke, yeah. All right. Mr. Max, let's get into your boom. You're going to like it. You're going to like it. I'm going to go Tampa Bay Buccaneers. First, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going to go DJ Moore. Um, tough. I need that. He had a tough week. My guy. Tough week one. Two targets. He caught them both for 25 yards. Atrocious. Tampa Bay. Got cooked by Justin Jefferson. Jordan Addison cooked him. I don't think that their defense is very good at all, um, especially their secondary. So I think that DJ Moore hopefully will get back on track here. I see about 80, 90 yards and a touchdown with like seven catches. So full point, I'm calling about over 20 points. Yeah, I think I think it's really interesting. If DJ Moore has a bad week this week, the, the overreaction is going to get – 
catastrophic. He can't get much worse than last week. He plays a very easy team. It's on the road. I like them. I like DJ Moore a lot. Another sneaky one, man, is um, I like the defenses, as you know. Oh, I love the Saints. The Saints team, man. Who are they playing? I've been on them. They had a great week one. They had an average week one. They had 12 points. Uh, but they play Monday night, which I love having a defense on Panthers. Monday night. They play the Panthers. That's so, a big game. Rookie quarterback in Carolina. This says rain. Who knows what will happen? I know there's a hurricane or whatever. It's like coming up the coast. So that could leave some water there. But I like the Saints as well. So if you're looking for a defense, I don't think they'll be on the waivers because they're a pretty solid defense. But be on the lookout. Yeah, we'll we'll move into the busts here really quick. Uh, so Max, snake draft as always. Let me hear your bust. We're gonna snake it around. I don't like to do this. I just don't. But I'm gonna go Najee Harris as my bust. Uh, Joe Mixon. He plays the Cleveland Browns on Monday night. He got more carries than Jalen Warren, but he got 52 percent of the snaps. Six attempts, 31 yards. He had, he averaged good yards per carry. Got a little bit involved in the uh, passing game there, but. To me, it's just the Steelers. I don't think that there's DJ or uh, not DJ Moore. I'm so sorry. Deontay Johnson's going to be out. I don't think Frymuth plays. They're going to have Pickens. They're going to have Najee. So I can see it where they just the Browns. Their defense looked really good. Did Uh, shorts? Yeah, they looked really good. I think if they key on Najee and they don't let him run the ball, I don't think Pickens is that good. But maybe or they do the opposite. So I just don't see it versus defense. I think that they're going to be keying on him given the lack there of offensive weapons. And I just think he's touchdown or bust for this week. Max, I saw a stat where the Steelers are unbeaten Monday night at home. Wow. Um, no, I mean, I, I think everyone in Cleveland thinks, oh, this is going to be an easy win. Um, just given how Pittsburgh looked and how good we looked last week. But Mike Tomlin always plays the Browns well, especially at. Um, for sure. Well, yeah, Akersure, wherever it is, man. But like Tomlin at home, he plays him well. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really interesting matchup. And off of this, I'm going to use my bust. That 49ers defense looked really good. I am not starting Kyron Williams. I am not starting Cam Akers, no matter what. I don't no. care what my running back room looks like. I am not playing them. No, 100%. And I think Kyron Williams is going to be a pretty big uh, waiver pickup this week. He could probably, probably pump the brakes on him. I mean, I don't know. You could get him this week and then, like, put him on your bench. I wouldn't play him. But Cam Akers, what was it, 29 attempts for 22 yards, or was it the other way around? Oh, it was, it was the other way around, I believe. Um, it was it was not the most efficient game from Cam Akers. He snuck in the end zone at the end of it. To be honest, I remember one of the first episodes that we ever did, I remember being in my, my room doing this. We were talking about Kyron Williams while he was still at Notre Dame. And talking yes. about how he was, how he was really good, and I true, I truly still believe that, and I just feel like he hasn't gotten an opportunity. He didn't get the draft capital, and the situation was never right, so he's never had a chance to shine. But I think he will be good, but I don't think it's going to be this week. So it's here, Max. Here's a little bit of a philosophy. Uh, I'd love to hear you answer this a little philosophy question. You think a guy's going to be good? And he's going to be on waivers, but his next week's matchup is horrible. Are, what are you doing fab-wise? What are you doing waiver-wise? Because that's me with Kyron Williams. I think Kyron Williams will have a good year, but it is not going to be next week. You're going to have to pick him up because of the week he had last week. Um, I mean, you're not going to... 
I just don't see him getting picked up this week and then getting dropped after this. And then you got to wait till like after waivers go through. Um, I just pick him up. I'd use it. If you think he's going to be good, like you said, I think he's going to be good too. I think he's going to be involved in that offense that doesn't have many playmakers. It's just tough. So I just pick him up and stash him on the bench. Pick him up, stash him on the bench. You heard it here first. Max, any other boom bust plays that you're thinking about for this upcoming week? There's one more. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a boom, Pete. You know what else went boom this week? Aaron Rodgers is Achilles. Yep. Literally, if you saw it explode in his calf. Yeah, it was pretty gross. I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna go with Jamar Chase as my Bounce boom back. this week. Bounce back week. He plays the Ravens and he usually eats versus the Ravens. I'm not gonna lie. Joe Burrow um, usually eats versus the Ravens, yeah. So I, I really like it. It's at home this time. So home opener, Jamar Chase. I like T. Higgins as well. Both those guys bounce back. All right. That's going to bring us to the end of the episode. We're so excited for week two. Sneaky game of the week that you have to watch. It's it's going to be like fear. It's going to be like my fear uh, torture watch is Jets Cowboys in the 430 slot. I think it was supposed to be America's game of the week. So I don't know if they're going to flex that out, but I know that's in the 430 slot. Jets at Cowboys in Jerry World. Take the under. I don't care. They could set the line at 20 points. I'm taking the under. You don't think the combined score is higher than 20? I'm just – it's called hyperbole, Max. I'm saying it's going to be a defensive showcase between the Cowboys defense against Zach Wilson and the Jets defense versus Dak. Both quarterbacks are pretty mid. But one is ass, one is mid. I'll let exactly. the viewers decide which one that is. But again, want to thank everyone for making it to the end of the episode. Episode 105 next week to come with a week two breakdown and week three projections, crystal balls. We will have Mr. C on for the full episode next week and moving forward. Again, wanted to thank everyone for making it to the end. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy. We're going to be giving away one more jersey throughout the year, for, probably for the playoffs. We'll give away another signed jersey. Again, wanted to give a quick shout out to Kevin Jones, who won our signed Garrett Wilson jersey giveaway. What an insane, ridiculous catch he caught on Monday Night Football. And again, Kevin Jones won. All he had to do was go on to our Twitter Follow us and retweet the tweet. You want to sign Garrett Wilson jersey. Again, thank you, everyone, for making it to the end of the episode. Support us wherever you can. Peace out. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens.